0: On 1116 SEN, this is the Flag Flyers for the
1: American-Australian Association, devoted to strengthening relations between the United States and Australia.
2: Hello everybody and welcome to the Flag Flyers, a place where we profile and chat about all the Aussies. Find the flag for us in the US of A. I'm Christopher Tyler. Alongside me is Lucky Miller. Hello, my friend. Hello, Chris. Welcome back to the country. Thank you, and welcome back to the show because we haven't done it for uh, three or four weeks. So it's it's good to be. Uh, it's good to have the flag flies
0: back. It's been. You just could not
2: cope without <laughs> me, could you?
0: Yeah. It's been very capable hand. You could
2: not cope with the rigors of radio.
0: Uh, yeah, I got nothing. Um, well, you,
2: th- you think this is nothing, and then all of a sudden you try it and you can't cop it.
0: I... <laughs> I just, w- whatever. Let's get into the show, Chris. I'm sick I'm sick of this, all right? I'm glad you were away. I wish you never came back.
2: <laughs> you know, the good thing about uh, being away for three weeks and then coming back is the fact that we jam-packed the show. Oh. Right? It's always a big four. show, but today is a massive show. So obviously, we're starting off with rounding the bases, as we always do. You're Olga Ulick from uh, from pickandroll.com.au is going to kick us off there. Uh, Tom Reed from Believe the Hype and also Xavier Player. Yes?
0: Yeah, and we've also got Blake O'Neill from Vivian's Models.
2: Thank you, <laughs> <laughs> we will talk about that a little later on, but Blake O'Neill, of course, from Prokick Australia, did sign on throughout the week at Michigan from Vivian's Models.
0: Direct. Direct. Recruited number one. <laughs> so, Straight out of the Vivian's Models draft. We're going to talk to Blake <laughs> about that. It is a tremendous
2: chat. He's is a champ. <laughs> and we're also going to be finishing off the show with Damian Arsenis from pickandrod.com.au. At the start of the season, for those who remember – Damien took us through his preseason predictions for the 2014 2015 college basketball season. So he gave us a top 10 players to look out for. And then I went through him uh, with two or three things for each player, and he had to go over and under. So we're going to have a listen to how he went officially in his over under predictions. Let's just say it's not. Let's just say that.
0: That's better than what we could have done, though, right? Oh, that, that, well, yeah. But yeah, clearly. I
2: could have I probably guessed more than, more than <laughs> that, though. Let's anyway, <laughs> let's kick off the show because it's a big show, so let's get straight into, it with, straight into it with rounding the bases. Joining us first up on rounding the bases this morning is Olgan Ulick from pickandroll.com.au. Olgan, welcome back to the show.
3: Thank you again for having me.
2: Not a problem. It's been a couple of weeks since we've spoken to you, but uh, we're back into the swing of things now, and of course, we wanted to start off by talking about Ben Simmons and Montverde winning the uh, national championship for the f- third year in a row. Yeah,
3: they, they were in New York. Ben Simmons has had a a really incredible run over his time at Montverde. He got there in 2003, 2013, oh, sorry. And um, he won it the first year there. The second year, he, he had D'Angelo Russell who's at Ohio State. He had him on his team. They won it then. Um, and they won it again this year. It was a it was a tough road to the championship this year, but they managed to pull it out.
4: And Ben
2: Simmons obviously played an integral role as he's always done in the game and uh, won his second MVP.
3: Yeah, he did. He um he took a, a bad knock to the eye to start the game. Um, he sat out for for most of the first half, but then he came back in the second half, uh, ended up finishing with 20 points, 11 rebounds, 6 assists, and it was against Oak Hill Academy, and they were um, undefeated up until that point. So it was a big victory, and he, he took away MVP on us as well.
2: And they've had a long history of producing uh, solid NBA players as well, Oak Hill Academy, haven't they?
3: Oak Hill has, yeah. Oak Hill, um, Rajon Rondo, Brandon Jennings, those kind of players, so they're a very historically um successful team so it was a really good win for Montford.
2: so along with winning the national championship Ben Simmons also played in the Donald's All-American game how did he go there?
3: uh he he did okay the, with Donald's All-American game that kind of format isn't really Ben Simmons' style uh, that's a lot of one-on-one play Simmons is more of a he likes to move the ball a lot um that's his kind of game uh, but he he did well this was before the Dix Nationals uh, that he did that um it was here in Chicago, so I got to uh, cover the event. I got to speak to him, and he, he really enjoyed it. They got to do a lot of activities, uh, the Ronald McDonald House, and then the game was at the United Center, so it was just a really exciting uh, week.
2: So obviously, based on his performance in both the All-American game and the National Championship, he's still widely projected to be the number one draft pick next year, isn't he? But
3: 2016, um, I, I would base my picks on uh, Jonathan Gavoni of... Um, Draft Express, I'd base it off, off his picks, and he's got him at number three behind uh, Scala Bissier and Jalen Brown, but it, it's basically a toss-up between the top three guys there.
2: The next thing we wanted to touch on today was Ben Simmons' Thonmaker and Ty Winyard's performance in the Nike Hoop Summit, Oregon.
3: Uh Yeah, they were, that game was uh, yesterday. They were part of the world team, uh, which, uh, if you remember, in 2013 Dante Exum was a part of that team, and that was part of Dante's kind of rise to prominence. Um, but yeah, Ben Simmons had a, had a really good game. He he seemed to flourish a bit more with the international team. There was a lot of ball movement. Uh, there were shooters on the floor that he could pass to. Um, so he finished with a near triple-double. He had 13 points, 9 rebounds, 9 assists. Uh, Thon Maker. it was the first time a lot of people got to see an actual game of him. Um, and he he didn't disappoint, but, but the hype that he had was quite high. And so people were a bit disappointed to, to a point. But he, he finished with 2 points and 10 rebounds. He struggled at, at parts just because of his size. He's not as big as... Uh, some of the other guys, but you can you can see the potential in him. And uh, Ty Winyard played limited minutes, maybe 11, 12 minutes. He finished with two points, two assists, um, but he, he showed that why why Kentucky was after him. He's got a big body, set screens, gets rebounds. He's a real banger.
2: And uh, obviously, so he's a New Zealand-born uh, player, Ty Winyard.
3: He is. Um, he people model him after Stephen Adams, just because there's just that inherent need to do that, but. um, yeah, he's going to be a really good guy for John Calipari in Kentucky for a couple of years.
2: Now, the Australian Under-19 squad has been named, and for the first time there have been no US-based players named in the squad.
3: Um, yeah, the, the squad was named a few days ago, and this is just a, the a 16-man squad of the uh, upcoming training camp later this month. And uh, yeah, none of the players that are based here in the US uh, were invited to that camp. Uh, it, was, it was always a stretch that that was uh, going to happen just because it's difficult in regard to travel and scheduling and stuff like that. I would expect, out of all the players based here in the US, Deng Adel would be the the most likely to be a part of the final team. The others, I'd say, are off the table.
2: Beautiful. Olgan. thank you so much for joining us again on The Flag Flies. We're going to, of course, read your stuff at pickandroll.com.au and catch you on Twitter at Olgan Ulick. Thank you so much for joining us. We'll speak to you soon.
3: For sure, thanks for having me.
2: Joining us next up on Round in the Bases is Xavier Player from Hewitt Sports Network. Xavier, thank you so much for joining us.
5: Not a problem, Chris.
2: How are you? I'm very well, mate. Now, we haven't spoken in a while and since we've spoken, the Major League Baseball season has begun. It's underway officially now, so what we want to start off with is take a look at all the Aussies in the MLB at the moment. There's not a whole bunch, but let's have have a look at I guess the ones that are most likely to, to play some decent minutes this season. Well,
5: we've got two who are getting the job done at the moment. The first of those we're going to look at is Greg Balfour, who's with the Tampa Bay Rays. He's had three appearances this year. He's pitched a combined 1.2 innings. His first two innings of the season he was only in pitching to get one out, and then his last outing, which was against Miami on Saturday, he pitched a full inning. Uh, So far, he's struck out. Hasn't struck anyone out. He's walked one guy. So, Look, not bad, but getting the job done, and most importantly, he's not giving up runs.
2: Perfect. That's all we need from him. He's he's a a specialty pitcher, and and he's getting getting the job done, like you said, so that's all we need.
5: Uh, Liam Hendricks, who is back in Toronto after a stint in Kansas City for a while, last year has also been doing fairly well. He, so far, has had two appearances. Uh, Both against the Baltimore Orioles, he's pitched three innings, striking out four guys in that time, hasn't walked anyone, hasn't given up a run, and has only given up one hit.
2: Oh, perfect. That's even better.
5: They're the guys who are at the moment playing in the majors who are Australian. Also, Travis Blackley, who was with the San Francisco Giants, has been released, which is a bit of a... I was
2: disappointed to hear that. That's that's the second time he's been cut by the Giants.
5: It is. Look, pitching's a very tough spot because you've got... So many pitches on your roster, and it's a very specific need. You know, we talk about Balfour coming in and getting one out when he pitches. It is sometimes that cutthroat. You can be a one out guy, and there's nothing wrong with being a one out guy. It's just it can make it harder if you're, you know, a guy like Travis Blackley to get time.
2: A lot of clubs seem to actually know of Travis Blackley because he's got an opportunity to be on the roster of a lot of different clubs. So do you see him getting another opportunity at some stage this season with someone else?
5: Oh, I think it's only a matter of time. I know that just from looking at his social media feeds, he's still working out hard and throwing hard and you know, getting the work done that he needs to do so that if he does get a call you know, within the next couple of days or even the next week, he's right to go. And I think that work ethic is something that's going to shine through when organisations look at him because he's not sitting back resting on his laurels going, oh, well, I might get, get a gig, I might not. It's, I'm ready to go if they need me.
2: Beautiful. Now let's shift our attention from the Australians playing in the major leagues to the Australians playing in the minor leagues.
5: Now we've got a lot of guys playing in the minors. So you know, we're not going to have time every week to go through all of them. So I just picked, I'll pick out a few and I'll keep Perfect. doing the same thing. every yeah, week. any outstanding performances. Again, going to start on a sad note, unfortunately. Lewis Thorpe, who's in the Twins organization, had Tommy John surgery late last week. Now He is the 10th-ranked prospect in the Twins system. So, you know, he's a very, very highly thought of in that organization and also scouts from other organizations absolutely love the look of him. When he eventually signed with the Twins, I know that they were really hyped up about that. They saw that as a huge win. But, unfortunately, Tommy John's, it's What's a that- bit of a of one half a dozen of the other because you're solving a problem that needs to be solved but there's no guarantees that you're going to come back better so it's very much wait and see but i know that his surgery went off without a hitch so
2: but that recovery time very, is roughly a year isn't it
5: that's a very good sign yeah he won't pitch this year and i wouldn't be surprised if he didn't pitch for the melbourne aces again in the next abl season
2: which is disappointing for the league and and, and for him as well
5: It is very disappointing for the league as well that he's not going to be pitching um, probably next season either. Um, Moving on to guys who have been on the field, um, I'm going to start with Robbie Perkins, who's in the Colorado Rockies system. He has had one appearance this year for the Asheville Tourists. Uh, He went two for four, so picked up two hits, drove in a run, stole a base, was caught stealing once. So, yeah, not a bad day for him.
2: And the last player we want to have a look at in the minors?
5: Uh, Matt Canelli, who's playing AAA in the Braves organization. Uh, another guy who went two for four. He, in that two for four, hit a, hit a double. So you know, it's good to see that he's obviously spraying the ball around the park a bit.
2: Is that one of the four Canelli brothers from the ABL?
5: That is one of the four. Sorry, I've got one more guy. Uh, yep. Todd Van Steentel who in the ABL plays for the Sydney Blue Sox. He's in the Twins organization. Another one who was originally with the Twins organization released and has re-signed with them. He came in and pitched an inning over the weekend, striking out one guy and holding the lead for the Fort Myers Miracle, who went on to win the game by the same score.
2: Beautiful. Now, you want to finish off on a somewhat quirky note, Xavier.
5: Now, I've got something very quirky for you. I was uh, looking at sporting news yesterday. I came across a result from a college game between Minnesota State and Bemidji State.
2: Bemidji State? I know Bemidji from the TV show Fargo.
5: I know Bemidji from the TV show How I Met Your Mother. Oh, I do, too. That's my contribution. Oh, hello, Lucky.
0: Sorry, I'm on air,
5: too.
0: <laughs> I do. Yeah, uh, Marshall Erickson. Uh, no, what, what's the episode? Bemidji, Minnesota.
5: Um, it's got to do with the 1999 NFC Championship. That's game. right. Oh, actually, I remember yes. that as well. Yeah, No, I
0: remember. Anyway, sorry. <laughs> anyway, so
5: Minnesota State and Bemidji State. Now, you'd think if you're Bemidji State and you've scored 20 runs, you're going to win a game.
2: You would think so. You would hope so.
5: Well, Bemidji State got beaten by Minnesota State forty-one to twenty.
2: <laughs> forty-one to. T- I thought you were going to say twenty-one to twenty. Forty-one, no, no, 41. to twenty.
5: Minnesota State scored three times in the <laughs> first. Six more in the second. Bemidji State came back with seven. <laughs> Minnesota State added ten in the third. Bemidji State tacked on one. They both scored three in the fifth. Bemidji State got seven in the sixth. Minnesota State got five in the seventh. Bemidji State hit back with two. And Minnesota State got 14 in the eighth. (laughs)
2: 14.
0: Quick question. Uh, One, the pitching stocks must suck. But how how big is the outfield? (laughs)
5: Uh, I don't know. So, yeah, final line. Minnesota State, 41 runs, 35 hits, two errors.
0: 41 runs from 35 hits.
2: So not not only were they actually getting it done, they were hitting at the appropriate times. They were, they were actually making sure everyone on base got home.
5: Oh, yeah. And uh, Bemidji State, 20 runs on 21 hits and probably the worst part of that box score besides conceding 41 runs. Six errors. Jesus. Yeah, not a good day.
2: I'm glad there were no Australians associated with that, Xavier. Yeah, me too. <laughs> Thanks for joining us, mate. We'll speak to you next week. Sounds great. Finishing us off on rounding the bases this evening is Tom Reed from com, mate. Thank you so much for joining us.
4: Not a problem. Thanks very much for
2: having me, guys. Not a problem. Now let's start off. We saw the Cavaliers rest their big guns against the Celtics over the past couple of days, which does mean that my Celtics uh, have a very good chance of making a playoffs berth. But uh, just we'll talk about that a little later on. The Bulls have also been uh, kind of resting some players over the last couple of days. Cam Best, though, has been rested ahead of the playoffs, So we'd like to to uh, imagine that he's being rested. Maybe it's not quite how uh, how we like to think of it. But do you
4: actually? We can say it. We can say it. We, can, we can say that he's resting.
2: Yeah, exactly. They're they're resting in want to keep him fresh for the playoffs do you actually think he'll he'll find any minutes in the playoffs
4: uh i think it would be very unlikely for him to find some playoff minutes unfortunately if it does happen it would be uh because of a couple of injuries that may i mean hopefully not happen to to some of chicago's key big men because i mean look at look how stacked that big man rotation is and i mean best though Right now, his role in that team is just to be brought in and sort of uh, learn a bit about um, you know, M- NBA life, being a rookie. Dibbs isn't really a guy who, who likes playing rookies too much as it is. And, and so I don't think that there's really going to be um, any, any playoff time for him, unfortunately.
2: Speaking of the Cavs, Daly has done very well in the absence of pretty much three-quarters of the Cavs team over the past week or so. What role do you think uh, he'll play in the playoffs?
4: I think he'll have an interesting role in the playoffs. I wouldn't be surprised if he does see a little bit of a drop in minutes as, as you know, rotation starting to tighten down a little bit, and um, and um, and you know there, there's you know, main guys will play a, a few more minutes. I think LeBron's going to be playing a bit more of the one throughout the playoffs, but I still think he's going to play some real valuable minutes. I mean, be that guy who's going to start the second. Uh, start the second quarter and play a little bit in the third quarter as well and, and potentially find himself some, some crunch time minutes as well if he, if he's performing well, um, in, in, some of those key games. But I think he's going to have the same role that we've seen from him throughout most of the year being, um, uh, being the, the backup point guard, um, playing alongside LeBron when LeBron's out there as well with Kyrie off and, and uh, getting his spots, hitting his shots and, um, and also playing some pretty hard physical defense.
2: We just have to hope that when we do see him that it's not on a poster like uh, he pretty much was made by Tyler Zeller this afternoon against, uh, against the Celtics. That was massive.
4: Yeah, that was an un- unfortunate incident for and It's one of those situations that you find yourself in every now and then if you're, if you're a guard and you're, you're, you're running back to, to cover the fast break. I mean, it's, it's, it's welcome to the NBA. It's, it's, it's a part of life. You're going to find yourself on a post like that. But man, Zeller threw it down hard on him.
2: Uh, he's, he's a champ, Tyler Zeller. He's, he's, he's part of the, uh, the young core of the Celtics there. It's a, it's a very exciting time to be a C's fan, my friend.
4: Yeah, it is. I mean, well, like, 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 like what you said before. Cleveland have just gifted you guys pretty much a playoff spot.
2: Yep, that's, I'm not complaining at all. Now let's move on to the Spurs. Aaron Baines has now seemed to somewhat take over the mantle as the uh, the number one Australian at the Spurs. Paddy Mills has kind of fallen away a little bit. He's only had four double double uh, four double figure games since February. Is his form where it needs to be right now before the playoffs?
4: Well, Paddy's an interesting one because he has. Uh, Obviously, he missed a whole lot at the start of the season with uh, uh, shoulder surgery and sort of had to reteach himself how to shoot, had to really go through the motions again. And so he's, he's been a bit patchy throughout most of the season. I mean, he had an, an okay shooting performance a couple of days ago against Houston, shooting uh, four from four from the field, including three from three from three for, for 14 points. But yeah, I mean, his, his form, especially offensively, has been very patchy over the last. Um, over the last period, and a lot of that as well, um, at, at least for the Spurs, is Corey Joseph has been playing so well. He's been taking a lot more of Paddy Mills's minutes, and so Paddy has just not really had as many of the opportunities as, as he'd like to have had at this point of the season.
2: Now let's finish off. Obviously, we've only got uh, most teams only have a couple of games left in the season. So, who's whose firm is your tip to take out the East and West? And which team with a strain representation do you give uh, the biggest chance of uh, taking it all out?
4: Uh, This is a a really exciting time at the moment for for the NBA, and and especially Australians in the the NBA, because we've got seven Aussies uh, in the league right now, five of them are going to be in the playoffs, and then we could have as many as three in the NBA Finals, so it's really exciting. I expect that uh, Golden State and Cleveland, they were my pick from probably about the middle of the year uh, to be my two teams to, to go through. I, I still expect those two teams to go through to the NBA finals. And um, of those, and uh, I mean, they, they've both got Aussies in them, both of those teams. And, and I, I still like the Golden State Warriors to potentially take this out.
2: Beautiful, mate. Thank you so much for joining us once again. Where can we read all your stuff and find the podcast?
4: Yeah, uh, head over to believethehypenba dot com. It's uh, it's currently awards season in the NBA, so if you go over to the website and um, uh, listen to the podcast, and also vote for who you think is going to take out the various awards as well, that'd be that'd be good because everybody's votes count. You can't vote for the actual NBA awards, so you might as well vote for the Believe the Hype NBA awards.
2: Perfect, mate. Thank you so much for we'll speaking to you next week.
4: All right, guys, catch you next week.
2: The college football offseason continues to bring good news with another Pro Kick Australia gun and former Weaver State punter Blake O'Neill signing on with the Michigan Wolverines. This week, and what has been dubbed is pretty much their biggest signing since signing John, Jim Harbor. I don't know about that's that. That's what voice. they've called it. That's what that's what I've been hearing on the rant, uh, on the, the forums. Biggest signing. The biggest signing since Jim Harbor.
6: Yeah, you're pumping up my tyres. Undisputed. Yeah, and We're
2: you've sorry. been you've been uh, very kind to uh, to join us in the studio. So thank you very much, Blake. And congratulations.
1: Thank you, thank you, boys. Now good to be here. You've always been a good supporter of Prokey Gods.
2: We do try. So obviously we have got Cam Johnson at Ohio State, Jamie Keen at LSU. Dan Pasquarello at, uh, at Penn State, now you at Michigan. It's taken a few years, but we're really starting to really cement ourselves in not just any college football programs, but really the biggest college football programs of them all. So what does it mean for you to actually sign at one of these schools and potentially start a legacy like guys at LSU and pave the way for other Australians to actually start in the program at Michigan?
1: Well, that's definitely the hope. Um, given that I am a senior punter and only got the one year left, the hope is that I can come in there and do a good job. Uh, and another boy can come in after me. Um it it really is a shifting point I would say. Uh you could, if you spoke to John Smith or, or Nathan Chapman they'd they'd echo the same thing. We had a, a US kid just down this past week, uh Sam Loy, uh I think his class of twenty sixteen a kicker punter came down and uh took it out of his own time to come down and, and kick with us. Um which really does go to show the uh the impact that Aussies are having on the college game. Mm. Um and I guess the awareness that wasn't necessarily there years past. Um, there were certainly boys doing great jobs at Hawaii, Alex Danaki, obviously Tom Hackett at Utah, at, at what are also big programs, but perhaps not on the level um, of an Ohio State or, or an LSU, just in terms of um, you know followers and, and, uh, and attendance. But um, yeah, oh, it's a great honour to play for Michigan, definitely.
0: Now, you came into this recruiting process in a really interesting way in terms of you're playing... Junior footy. Mm-hmm. You actually did your degree at RMIT. You actually graduated from there, three-year degree. So you've used that mostly eligibility. Can you tell us, through, uh, talk us through how you actually discovered punting, or Nathan Chapman, and yep. that process?
1: Yeah. Well, I, I finished my degree and thought, well, I don't really want to go to work just yet.
6: Really? Oh, that, <laughs> uh, that's what it
1: was. Yeah. Well, that, that was one of the reasons, and I'd, I'd been playing amateur footy. Uh, amateur footy. Excuse me. It's uh, Old Trinity. Um. And probably played, I think, about four or five games over, uh, yeah, about two years. So look, I wasn't, I wasn't very uh, prolific there. Um, what position? I was playing off the halfback, right? Um, which, funnily enough, does come into the pooch punting a little bit, uh, rolling out and 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 trying to rake one. But look, it, I, I finished at RMIT uh, and went to Nathan and said, "Do you think I've got what it takes to make it in the college system?" um he did his stock standard sort of evaluation of me um had to kick a ball 4 5 45 yards i think it was and uh and then he said yeah you, you better get in the program so did you know um, what, why that was why was that it wasn't Lockie? because of your leg like, what what was it because of
0: it was your former background
1: what what former background might you be suggesting
0: oh i think he knows this <laughs> You wouldn't happen to be a former model at Vivian's Modelling Agency, right? right? Yeah,
1: you've got me. <laughs> yeah? Yeah, you've got me there. Yeah?
2: Good-looking look, rooster, so I shouldn't surprise anyone.
1: No, well... He's up, Chris, you. mate. But, yeah. <laughs> let's keep this, you know. <laughs> you, you two are very good at pumping up the tyres of your guess, i tell you what. But, um, yeah, look, mate, great way to uh, pay your way through uni, that's for sure. Oh, absolutely.
0: And Vivian's Modelling Agency. Yes, it's
1: yes, one of the prestige modelling agencies of, uh, of the Melbourne industry. Apparently so. I don't know how... I mean, I am incredibly envious of what you'll be able to achieve at Michigan. This is a sports program, right?
2: Mate, sports and entertainment.
1: Ah, okay, yeah. just general entertainment. Yeah, sports yeah. and entertainment. You bikes should go on TMZ. <laughs> we, we've Thank
0: lit- you? we've got as much credibility as them, probably, which probably. is not much. But in terms of the Vivian modelling agency, yes. I mean, what sort of skill sets does that teach you?
1: Uh, skill sets. Well, had you to handle? Certainly, spend a lot of time
0: in front of a camera. Yeah,
2: hand to hand can handle the limelight.
0: Yeah, it can handle the fans. You know how to. Obviously, got a had a huge. Uh, following. No, I
1: can't say I had a huge following at uh, when I was a model, but um, a, lot,
0: a lot
2: of Twitter followers
0: from uh, from your modelling career. No,
1: unfortunately, not. What sort of campaigns
2: not?
0: were you doing?
1: Uh, what campaigns did I do? I did a Bonds campaign. You did- can see me in my undies um, in one of the Christmas commercials for that. Man, sorority is going to be all over Blake. Yeah. Yeah. Well. Your your words not mine, but um, <laughs> Chris and I are coming to visit now for sure. Oh, I've heard that. No, I figured that's why you got me in here to just pick <laughs> pretty much. Me up for some tickets. So make
2: sure that we establish the friendship before you actually head over there. Yeah, yeah, yeah. no, absolutely. that's fine.
1: That's fine, boys. Happy to lend a hand when I can.
2: <laughs> Sweet. So once you actually made your way into Pro Kick, you found your way to Weaver State. Mm-hmm. So how was that?
1: Weaver State uh, was great. Coach Coach Hill, fantastic coach. Um, obviously, came off. Coaching Tommy Hackett at Utah and uh, had quite a successful stint there, and I guess uh, wanted for bigger and better things, and wanted to move into head coaching. So I got to Weber State, and that's how I got there. Um, yeah, had a bit of an up and down year. I sort of took a while to get uh, get my feet a little bit. Um, playing the first game in front of Arizona State and fifty two thousand odd people um, was a little bit of a realization that I was playing college football. <laughs> Fifty two sure. is nothing, compared to yeah. what you're going to be playing at Michigan. Not compared to the big house, but mate, once it gets to those levels, I think it's just a noise factor more than more than anything else. Um, yeah, great year there, and um, fortunately had had a pretty good average. And and he also was a great opponent of the uh, the Aussie style, and and quite likes the way the Aussie style can influence the game in terms of rolling out, kicking drop punts. Um, holding on to it for a bit longer, not necessarily uh, focusing on footwork and, and release. And a lot of that
2: is because of the uh, the fact that you have come from an Australian rules background, and you're not afraid of a little contact, which might be the case for a lot of Mate, American I got, punches. I, I guess. Laid out.
0: Well, I, I've I, got a, I've got a quote though that really sums up. Oh, okay. <laughs> Ch- Ch- Chappy, Nathan Chapman has gone all out on, on Blake O'Neill in terms mm-hmm. of pumping him up. Here we go. Oh, man, if if this is not a guy just absolutely laying out all the superlatives to someone, I don't know what it is. <laughs> he's powerful. He's strong, said Nathan Chapman, the owner and coach of Pro Australia in Melbourne. Uh, uh, he's thick, whatever that means. Uh, he'll is that want a bad to... thing? No. It referring might be to <laughs> your brain? Yeah. He'll want to run down and tackle you and rip your head off. He's got speed. He can throw. There's a lot of bonuses and pluses to Blake as a player, which is going to be great. Uh, going to be a great player for Coach Harbour, And then, I'm not sure, I can't find the quote now, but he basically said, it doesn't matter that you've got one year at Michigan because, you know, you'll have the NFL straight after that. So, <laughs> no expectations, mate,
1: by the sounds of things. Yeah, no, he set the bar pretty low there. Um... Well, at the same time there, Locke, he's not going to come out and say, yeah, he's a bit of a spud. Um, <laughs> he can now. You've signed, mate. Uh, yeah, not what, the smartest you kid. Don't expect too <laughs> yeah, much. He's not very good at academics. He, um, he really struggles in the classroom, and he's got an absolute noodle for a week. <laughs> <laughs> I would love if... if and he's did a that pain light. off field
0: as well. Like, if he did it to one of the programs that have, has made he, him and Johnny's life hell for, like, the last six <laughs> years in terms of, you know, and, and finally, like, set, like, a big program, set them up and give them an absolute spud of an Aussie player <laughs> and basically just say, we're even now. Good luck. Yeah.
1: A- amateur kick
0: Australia. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Like amateur kick. Yeah. Mate, hey, oh. he's got the humour as well. He's on. <laughs>
2: that's 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 what we need on radio. This is what we asked for. It was for an him. entertainment program, boys. Absolutely, program. you're bringing the entertainment.
0: Yeah, well, we don't have it, so uh, <laughs> we have to get our guests to bring it. But uh, yeah. in terms of um, Weber State, you said that you know you're thankful for Coach Chill and all that sort yeah. of stuff. Yep. Because they could have made your life difficult, but they let you go because they probably know that you got you know bigger um, bigger things you can achieve, and that might be more. Uh, achievable at a program such as Michigan? Is that a fair statement?
1: Yes and no. I think um, I very much said to Coach Hill that the reason I wanted to leave was I had an opportunity there to play football and get my education paid for. Mm. I felt the program that I was doing, the professional communication program, was a good program for the the people that were heading down that path, but that certainly wasn't the path that I envisioned myself heading down. Yeah. Um, Yeah, he could have made it hard, but it speaks volumes about the bloke you know he, I sat in his office and said look it's not exactly what I'm looking for this isn't the, the exact experience I wanted and he said look I don't I don't necessarily agree with it I don't like it but if that's what you want to do that's what you want to do so we shook hands and sort of parted ways but yeah I, I still call him now and, and, and touch base with him and, and keep in touch.
2: And so how long
1: ago did you actually start meeting
2: with Michigan when did that whole process start up and then when did it become uh, I guess serious?
1: Uh, Jesus, it's that's the recruiting process, though, Chris. You know, it's when do you say it's serious? When do you say it's not? I remember Sam Lawyer mentioned earlier. His his dad Terry was saying, "Oh, you know, it's serious when they ask for your for your uh, for your transcripts." But what does that really mean? You know, sure. because things can fall over at any second, and you can see that in uh, in in a lot of the recruiting. Even you look at Zach Entry now; he's going to come over to Michigan from from Texas after committing there. It's a it's a very uh, it's yeah it's back and forth. So we started talking in February um, in terms of, yeah, academics and looking at transcripts and that sort of thing, but it probably wasn't until early March that I got on the phone to Coach Bax and, and sort of got serious about coming over and, and, and having the official visit and that sort of thing.
0: Talking of the official visit, mm-hmm. how long did you spend picking out your outfit, mate? Because I've never <laughs> seen anyone dressed to the nines when they go on an official visit like that. Usually, it's a- hey, He's one. a
2: former model. He, he has access to... Uh- Fashion designers and everything like that. He, he's got hookups, surely.
1: Well, there are two choices, boys. I either <laughs> present myself well, or I go wearing stubbies, Uggs, and a uh, singlet. Are you Australian, or are you not? <laughs> well, that was the thing. Do I go full-out full blind Australian and, and like bring a case of and EB? And you didn't. And I didn't. You went Gucci. I went... Clearly, uh, you're,
2: you're too much stuck in the 80s, mate. The men these days, the kids these days, the athletes, they dress But Do people very
0: reside 45 minutes to an hour outside of Detroit? <laughs> Dressed like Blake, dressed. I don't think. Are they know. all getting a scholarship to Michigan? You wouldn't fit in there. Well, you wouldn't fit in Detroit. You'd probably fit in. It's a Michigan. growing
1: cultural hub, Detroit. I don't know what. You've Jeez, been they've reading.
0: spun you, haven't they? Um, <laughs> they've Fantastic got, area. They've given you the PR. Let's
1: just list off some people who come from just Marshall Mathers. Oh Eminem. yeah, Our epitome of absolutely class. absolutely epitome of class and style. <laughs> I don't know uh, any Madonna. Also, U of M, yeah. <laughs> U of M uh, I think you're struggling here, Graduate. Right, if right.
0: you go to a Madonna and an M&M,
1: I think... Uh, Pillars of the pop industry, lock.
0: Yeah, but in terms of being class act, I mean, you did see Madonna recently. Successful,
1: I mean, though. We, we can,
0: we can oh, if we there. want to go off success, absolutely. Yeah. But anyway, we're getting off football, Chris. We are. So the last couple of
2: scenes have probably been relatively disappointing from a Michigan Wolverines perspective. They're obviously yep. one of these uh, teams that have had an illustrious... Uh, history, but the last couple of years haven't quite been uh, so hot, I guess. That's why they signed Jim Harbour over the off-season. From what you've been able to tell with Jim, what is he envisioning for the season? And, and do you think, how, how, I guess, how much uh, hope and excitement should the fans of Michigan actually have coming into the season?
1: A lot. I think a lot. I think that was pretty evident at the uh, at the spring game, uh, where I think it was 35,000, even even more, turned up, which is pretty unheard of for, for a spring game. But uh, oh Coach Harbaugh's got a certain energy about him. There's, there's no doubt about that. Um, uh, I was reading an article, actually, about another transfer, uh, Jake Ruddock, who's coming across from Iowa. And he said when Coach Harbaugh walks in the room, he certainly changes the, the thermostat. And there, there's no doubt about that. I, I was walking down the field, actually, on my official visit. He goes, Oi, Blake, come over here. I went, Oh, okay, who's this? Oh, coach harbour all right yeah, yeah right okay. who's this <laughs> oh well obviously didn't know Turned my back turned around and went coach harbour how are you going nice to meet you and he goes yeah g'day mate how are you <laughs> awesome. yeah, yeah. really okay. he's a he's a very down-earth guy awesome. um but in terms of the way he's taking the football program i mean you look at, at spring practice and they were practicing four hours a day they were taking their full four hours and using it instead of using it for film study um those sorts of things speak volumes to me about what he's trying to do to to flip the program around and really assess what talent he's got there and what he's got to work with and where he, where he's, uh, his, his um, perhaps areas of, of uh, are lacking and, and where he needs to fill those in. So uh, I think Michigan fans have got a lot to be uh, optimistic about.
0: How do you approach the season given that there's so many unique factors in terms of you only get one year at the program, you've only got, I suppose... It's going to be a learning experience, but you've also got to perform at the top straight away. How do you go into the season thinking? Well, you know, you, you affect, You're going to be playing in front of a hundred thousand people week in, mm. week out. Have you had any games of a hundred thousand at Weber State yet? Not, not at Weber State, obviously, At Weber you, State. Yeah, I what? reckon we have. You just pack it out the car park. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> in terms of what, what's the biggest uh, crowd
1: you played in front of? It, yeah, or be. at Old
2: Trinity, we can include Old Trinity in this as Old well.
1: Trinity, <laughs> uh, yeah, two hundred and fifty cutouts yeah. at the game. No, look, I reckon. 52 would have been the biggest. Um, (laughs) Next biggest, 17-odd at at Montana State. Um, Look, mate, it is what it is. A crowd's a crowd. There's there's nothing that I can do uh, to prepare for that. You literally just got to get there and and deal with it on the day. So uh, as far as coming in for for a year, um, I'm pretty confident and and comfortable with what Coach Baxter wants to do with the program and and, and where he wants to take it and the types of plays he wants to run. So... uh, yeah, I, yeah. As I say, it is what it is. You just go in there and do your best. So looking at at
2: uh, the Wolverine schedule for this mm-hmm. season, Blake, you've got some very appetizing matchups coming up. I don't know if you have a look at it uh, so far, but yep. you start the season against Tommy Hackett's Utah yep. first up, then you face Maryland, of course, with Brad Craddock, Tim Gleason's Rutgers, Dan Pasquariello's Penn State, and then finish off with Cam Johnson's Ohio State. At what stage of the season does the trash-talking begin? How does Um, it already start? I
1: did already start with Cam. Good. I said the Aussie standoff has started, (laughs) and I think I hashtag long way from gosh's paddock. (laughs) Uh, That's
0: going to trend soon, mate, by the way.
1: No no one really got on it, and and therein lies a problem. Uh, I don't want (laughs) to give a little bit of Aussie banter that's going to come across the wrong way, but, uh, well, you'd hope that we get a few of those games on ESPN, wouldn't you?
0: You'd hope so, and and you'd assume so as well. I think that someone has contacted Chappie from those places to make sure that they get the schedule right for this year. In oh, all good. seriousness, in terms of which ones have the Aussies in them to preference them. But I, my favourite part about when you reel off those teams there, Chris, is that you said they're you know, uh, Cam Johnson to Ohio State so, and all that sort of stuff. So the punters, that, that's yeah, their team.
2: Absolutely. It yeah, is. absolutely. So well, well, we're well, talking about we? the
1: Blake O'Neill, Michigan Wolverines. Blake
2: O'Neill's Michigan Wolverines. Yeah.
0: Has a nice ring You to that, started
1: out the program with I'm the biggest recruit. I don't know... I think you do you believe bit, that? I think you need to do a bit more research, boys. <laughs>
0: I really wish we had a lie detector because that would make this so much <laughs> more fun
1: when we could ask some questions to the bike and actually... Yeah, see I'd, no, I'd be making a false false, uh, false approach if I thought I was coming in as the biggest recruit.
2: Are you a betting man at all?
1: Uh, you can't be as an NCAA double Not monetary-wise. Oh. <laughs> Not
2: monetary-wise. Monetary Just You're dares or anything like that. It doesn't have to be monetary-wise. Sure, wise. yeah.
1: What are you putting to me? No, because I think
2: we should... Create some sort of bet between you and whoever the Australian is you're playing against and put something on it for each person. We've got to figure that out. We haven't figured that out yet.
1: Something is of monetary value, though, you see. No, you have to do something. There's a dare.
2: There's a dare. Uh, It doesn't have to be monetary value. It's something that you have to do.
0: You know, it's, it's an act. I
1: prefer not to streak in front of a hundred thousand people. Well, you prefer so, not to. So win. Okay, All right, that's easy. Enough. Yeah. Or you know no, I mean? just
0: or you know, when when everyone's back in Australia, you, you know, the loser or the the least ranked Aussie in that group has to buy a subway the best subway in Australia, which is Mumbok.
1: No, nah, it's benefits, mate.
0: Mom, I'm I'm mom. Telling you.
2: So you can't buy. This is going back to the whole mate, monetary value.
0: After your one year. So you won't oh, get, yeah, it's fine you, for it's You won't get, for me, you yeah. get in trouble. True, true. We can maybe make Cam Johnson ineligible for a second year, that's all right. Ineligible. He's already the, won a national championship. Ineligible for the
1: Aussie betting bowl.
2: Yeah. So you're a big uh, film fan uh, yes. as we've gathered. So you wanted to yes. study film mm-hmm. uh, and TV at Weber State. Um, what are some of your favorite films? What's kind of your influences? Who are some of the favorite directors? All that sort of stuff.
1: Yeah, Paul Thomas Anderson's a big one. Nice one. Um, Mag- Magnolia's probably one of the favorites. Um, and Boogie Nights, as uh, boogie nights, as rambunctious as that film is, <laughs> is another favourite. Um, Christopher Nolan's obviously a pretty easy one to throw out there. Although Interstellar sort of uh, <laughs> caught me off guard a little bit. Did you not like Interstellar? Didn't love it. No, really? No, I figure a film's a, a piece of entertainment, however wide-ranging the uh, the, the topics are. Should, <laughs> I saw that at should, IMAX, should keep and I loved lines. it. Oh, fantastic spectacle! Yeah. Don't get me wrong, but um, yeah, yeah, I think they bit off a bit more than they could chew there.
0: So, although it's a bit of a moot point because we know you're going to the NFL, if you do not somehow go to the NFL, mm. your career lies in Hollywood?
1: I would As an actor, I, I would assume, or a model. No, yeah. no, I wouldn't guess so, boys. Actor, as, director, producer. As much as, uh, as, as you've got, what, Chris Hemsworth and a couple of other lads <laughs> over there, I don't think that's my lot. But
0: Were they models at Vivian's?
1: I don't think so. <laughs> uh, no, but, well, you know, stars of Home and Away.
0: Well, that's, that's your next step then, once you finish, surely.
1: Yeah, perhaps it we is. We could get you on Young and the Restless. I'd have to do a pretty bad American accent and come in as a college football jock, on, <laughs> uh, home and away. Well,
0: you're going to have some pretty good experience. But yeah. <laughs> yeah, exactly. So, well, you know, act out what you know.
1: Have
2: you seen many films from the Oscars this year that were nominated for Oscars?
1: I've seen a couple.
2: Because I saw, I, I went to the States, I only came back last week, and yep. I was lucky enough on the plane to be able to see all the latest Oscar films. I ended up seeing Foxcatcher and mm. The Theory of Everything. Didn't mm. really like those two particularly.
1: Imitation Game was quite good. Imitation Game I loved. That. yeah, And I
2: loved Birdman as well. That was probably Birdman my favourite out of all yeah, of them. really good film. You like that one? Yeah, I love Birdman. And Michael Keaton, you're a big fan?
1: Uh, mate, I, a bit, I haven't really watched much Michael Keaton, to be honest with That's you. That's right. Um, obviously, his Batman's fairly... Uh, lodged in the annals of, of film history, but... Um, what was wrong with that one? Nothing. <laughs> Everything.
0: Yeah. Uh, yeah, sorry, go on. That was it?
1: Yeah. But, but Nah, Birdman was a great film, mate. Yeah, that's the thing. You, you might as well try something a little bit different, you know? Yeah. I thought that was a bit crazy going out there and filming a one-shot for an entire film, but it was enjoyable and it was almost like watching a piece of theatre. So a lot like, of people were saying
2: that know? it was a little too jarring, but I didn't find that at all. The people might have been a bit put off by it, or, or or something. I heard that. Uh, I being have put absolutely against it.
0: no knowledge in this industry. Birdman, so, don't no Birdman
2: it was shot completely
0: no, without no, any I've, visible cuts. I'm, t- I'm talking in terms of what would look good or what. Would
6: oh, look. sure, sure, sure. But
0: like uh, you got an interest in the entertainment industry as a like future career yeah? in
1: some form, don't you? In some form, in some form. Well, so I finished my degree at RMIT with a major in cinema studies.
6: Ah, um,
1: hence the interest. And I also worked in in event management. Uh, within a company, a company called a New Concept that did roadshow films, premieres, and, and a bunch of other things. So, um, I've certainly had a bit of a little dabble in that 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 industry. Because that was one,
2: that was my number one love before before I, before yeah, I came yeah, across yeah, radio. I was, I I was studying this, yeah. um, screenwriting. I wanted to be a screenwriter, and I I studied at MIT as well. It is, yeah. and it, I, I just found out relatively quickly that it's it's kind of too hard to make a living off of being a screenwriter. So I came to radio. No,
1: I don't let that deter you, mate. Just jump in there you know I'll see, you yeah. don't get paid as a college athlete but we still do it
2: yeah it's, it's, it's there's a little tough job yeah, no it's, it's <laughs> a little more <laughs> illustrious being a college <laughs> footballer than being a
0: uh, a freelance screenwriter let's just yeah. say that
1: yeah okay alright fair call thank you
0: anyway what we've established through this entire interview is that Blake O'Neill succeeds at everything he's <laughs> done so it's been a real confidence boost to Blake we really appreciate it oh.
2: and thank you for, for jumping on the show and, and you said you head there in, in May was it you head over
1: hopefully in May yes uh Yeah, we'll sort of work through all the particulars and and I should be there early May, so looking forward to it.
2: Beautiful. Well, we're pumped that uh, you're over there, mate. So congratulations. Thanks again for coming in. And we can't wait to hopefully have all of those games on ESPN, at least the ones with the, all the Aussies. So that'd be a fantastic. That's, that's amazing being able to play that many Australians in one season.
0: Absolutely. So and if you want to see some of Blake's finest work, just type in Blake O'Neill <laughs> into Google Images and you'll be well rewarded. That's quite easy to find. It actually Thanks, is quite really, easy. I
1: really to find. do appreciate that. I hope my Twitter, Twitter followers go up after this. Actually, yeah, what,
0: what, what is your Twitter handle? Because
2: people would love to follow you on nah, Twitter. Nah, just, sure. just
1: Google
0: it. That's fine. It's uh, at Blake O'Neill... And then, you know, he's also got a specific profile on viviansmodels.com, but <laughs> I don't even know what the website is. <laughs> <laughs> Thanks, mate. We'll check to you soon. No
1: worries. Thanks for having me.
0: You're listening to The Flag Fires with Chris Taylor and Lachie Miller, and
2: Damien Arsenis from pickandroll.com.au has joined us in the studio once again. Hello, my friend. I haven't seen you in a
7: couple of weeks, so how you been? That's because you've been jet-setting over in the States, mate.
2: I have. I, it's uh, It's been
0: good, but Damien, uh, it's, it's good to be back as well. Damien well, and I have had a, had a, a good, uh, good run without you, Chris. Apparently. Everything went smoothly. We apparently. both held
7: the fort. Unfortunately, Lockie went missing last week.
2: <laughs> <laughs> it was all too much for you, was it, Lockie? No
0: comment.
7: <laughs> <laughs>
2: so what we wanted to do today was uh, firstly take a look back. If people can remember, at the start of the college basketball season, you came on this program and you put forth your preseason season picks uh, for 2014, 2015 season. So you gave your top 10 players to look out for, and then we did a bit of an over/under. So I gave you three topics, and you had to choose whether it was over or under. So what we're going to do today is we're going to have a look back, we're going to have a listen back to the audio, and then we're going to go through one by one and see how well you've done. Let's just say it's 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 a bit disappointing. Um, I'm I'm not that wrapped with uh, with what you're bringing to the table, oh, let's just hope that next season can be a little bit better. So we're going we're gonna to touch on that firstly, and then we're going to be pretty much doing just a general overview of how the season went. So rather than just touching on those 10, um, 10 players, we're going to have a look at, uh, at the best Aussies, your new, I guess, top 10 list, and, uh, and just who, who uh, went better than expected, who didn't go quite as good as expected, all that sort of
7: stuff. I can't even get a word in. Well, that was a word. It was now because i let you finally finish. Well, thanks for that comment, Damien, and <laughs> moving on. <laughs> all
0: right, so it's,
2: it's, it's, this is just how I do do things, all right? So let's start off. All right, so this is your preseason list for uh, the preseason list that you came on and, uh, and told us about at the start of the season. It was from 1 through 10, Anthony Drimmick, Hugh Greenwood, Vinky Joyce, Jeremy Hill, Mango Mathiang, Peter Hooley, Sam Rowley, Nick Duncan, Taylor Dyson, and Dan Trist. They were your top 10. What are your thoughts on that? Before we get into the uh, over/unders,
7: there's been a bit of juggling around in that. Order. I would
2: have, I would have thought so.
7: Definitely, and we knew that was going to happen.
2: Well, I, I actually expected it to remain relatively solid. That's why we got you in, but yeah,
0: we, we backed your expertise in. But clearly, um... hey, I've, I reckon I've nailed a couple, or I've got very,
7: very close to quite a few of those guys. But I'll give, I'll there, give... there is some there is some mix and match going
0: on. I'll give you a hint. You got some. Pretty bang on projections, correct, didn't he, Chris? He did. Well, let's let, let's start off. All right? yeah, let, credit let,
7: where credit's due. Come on, guys.
0: Let's let's see how you go.
2: All right. So let, let's let's start it off with uh with Anthony Drimmick. These are your preseason predictions for Anthony Drimmick. Number one, Anthony Drimmick from Boise State. Two Mountain West Player of the Week awards for this season. Will he get above or below two Mountain West Conference Player of the Week awards? Stays healthy, above. Eighteen points per game.
8: I'm calling it now above. He's going to be right around that 20 mark.
2: And the last one, which doesn't really relate to this season per se, but draft selection number 60, will he go in the draft or will he fall out of the draft and and go undrafted come uh, come draft time?
8: I'm going to call it if he averages over 20 points a game and shoots better than 40% from downtown, he's going to be there.
2: We have to put a bit of an asterisk next to this one because obviously he was injured for half the season and, and didn't play. So I'll kind of give you a bit of a pass there, but obviously he got uh, zero Mountain West Conference Player of the Weeks, which let's just put down to, uh, to his injury. And he also averaged 15 points per game when he was on the floor rather than the uh, above 18, you, you said 20-odd. So we don't know whether he would have achieved that had he played the entire season. But let's give you a zero from two. Oh, you're too one. kind. So not not a, not a terrific start. We obviously can't uh, put on whether you're correct about him getting drafted because that's still another year away. That's right. Because he is playing uh, next year, which is some good news for Anthony Dremick. But uh, not the best start for you, Damien. Zero from two.
7: That's not. And it's one of those players that we interviewed that just fell foul the week after. Pretty much our fault. Yeah.
2: Pretty much our fault. We'll
7: have, I think we all have to accept the blame. <laughs>
6: <heart>.
2: <laughs> <laughs> Number two you had is Hugh Greenwood. Let's have a listen to your preseason prediction for Hugh. The number two player we want to have a look at is Cameron Besto's former teammate, Hugh Greenwood. 11 points per game. I reckon above. Five assists per game. I reckon it's on the money. You have to say above or below.
8: Uh, Look, if he's going to increase the scoring like I think he is, I'm going to say below.
2: And how many times will he get mentioned alongside Cameron Besto? Will they mention Hugh Greenwood and Cameron Besto together? 15, more or less?
8: I reckon more. (laughs) I reckon every time they mention Hugh Greenwood, at least for the first half of the season, they're going to mention Cameron Bairstart.
2: All right, so we'll start off with the 11 points per game. I'll give you a tick. 11.6 points per game.
0: Thank you, Mr. Greenwood. Well done, my well, You have friend. to give him a tick. You're not... Maybe. You have to give him a tick. No, I am
2: giving you a tick. Yeah. Then 5.0 uh, assists per game. You said below 3.3. 3.
7: Yeah, because he was going to score more.
2: Nice job. And fifteen besto references you said above. I think it was roughly a million. So easily, I'll give you. Easily. I'll give you that. I'm pretty
0: well. sure that's the verified statistic too. <laughs> we got that. That's an official one. It is. Yeah. It is by the NCAA provided that to us. Yeah, so I, three from three.
7: And I think it was at least a million halfway through the season. That's true. So, and it wasn't until the social media uproar with the bullying and all that kind of stuff that we sort of lost Bairstow and became Greenwood. That's true. Yeah. So
0: really, the, there was also um, 500,000 references to his man bunt, but that's not true. Yep. So you're back on track at the moment.
2: You're, yeah. you're three otherwise from five. known as Thor. Thor? Thor? <laughs> <Not> <laughs> like, ah. I haven't heard that one, but.
0: No, me neither. There we go. There's a new one.
2: Number three was Vinky Joyce out of Eastern Washington. Let's have a listen to your preseason prediction for Vinky Joyce. The third player we want to have a look at is Venky Joyce out of Eastern Washington. 15 points per game.
8: Uh, it'll be tough because there's some scorers on the team now. I'm going to call just above.
2: 2.4 blocks per game.
8: Oh, this is a harder one because uh, now he's got a seven-footer playing next to him as well. I'm going to call just below.
2: 10 rebounds per game. Uh, below. He'll be around 8, I reckon. All right, so let's go through those. We said 15.0 points per game. You said above. He finished with 16.7. Correct. Very good. Correct. So that's a good start.
7: At a very efficient 61%.
2: 2.4 blocks per game. You said below. What's that number that he's got in the end?
7: 2.2. That's
2: below. Very good. And I said just below too. I didn't you say said just below. A bit. What's even more impressive is when we said 10.0 rebounds per game, you didn't just say below. You said it would be around 8.
7: 7.7, 7,
2: baby. 7.7, 7, another 3. So this is this is where you're starting to, to feel a bit hotter. Right? So at this stage, I'm like, all right, yeah, this is why we got Damien in. This is pretty good. He's got the last six right. He's pretty good. Let's move on to Jeremy Hill. Number four, Jeremy Hill out of Texas, San Antonio, 15 points per game. We're, we're keeping it relatively low for Jeremy. Do you think he can make it over 15 points per game for the entire season?
8: Look, on the team he's got, yes.
2: 35 three-pointers made throughout the season. About one a game. Just over one a game.
8: I'm calling it easy. What about 70% from the free throw line? I'm going to call it yes, above.
2: So we continue on with your good stretch with the 16 points per game. He's averaging 16. You said above 15. Spot on, Damien. Well done. 35 three-pointers made. You said above. He, He smashed that. Let's be honest. 56 was my count. 56. So... Clearly, I think he probably made it halfway through the season.
7: He was a sharpshooter, and he shot really, really well this season.
2: And the free throws you said above 70%. Guess what, mate?
7: He bloody let me
2: down. 61%? What was going on?
7: I don't know what's going on with these Queenslanders, seriously.
2: <laughs> <laughs> They're not putting enough uh, focus on, on the free throws. It's, it's called a charity strike for a reason.
7: You know what I don't get? You get these guys that can shoot the ball really well from the three-point line. And yet then they shoot something like 60% from the free That's throw It's strange, line, isn't there's it? There's no pressure on them whatsoever. So I he, don't understand. He
2: let you down there. Only two from three for uh, Jeremy Hill there. Let's move on to Mango Mathiang and, and, uh, and see how you went for your preseason prediction for Mango. This is no good. Number five, Mango Mathiang out of Louisville. 22 minutes per game.
8: I reckon it's on the money, but I'll say just above. What about 16.5 starts? You made me think on that one. That's a close one. Um, I'm going to go just above. 2.5
2: March Madness wins. So if they win two, it's below. If they win three, it's above. 2.5 March Madness
8: wins. I reckon they're going to go further than two wins, so I'm going above.
2: We'll start off with the minutes per game. We said 22. You said above. He had uh, 18.7, Damien. Was it that low? Oh, 18.7. I,
7: I think where you're you're thinking, the longer the season got on, he actually ended up becoming a starter, and he was playing more Could, than 20 minutes a game. Because of injury. Yes, but earlier in the season, he, he definitely was hovering around the 12 to 14-minute um, mark, Yeah. and then he was a starter all the way through the NCAA tournament so, so
2: can you help me with the uh, the game starter because i couldn't find anywhere how many so we said 16.5 you said above did he end up making
7: 16.5 honestly I, I think he just missed it
2: i think he did as well I so I, I put that down as a no cuz i don't think he did but i actually couldn't find anywhere where it was but let's just put down that you'd have to as go next. through each box score to work that yeah. way and of course 2.5 march madness wins they got the 3 wins Tick for you, mate. One from three. That uh, that last win in the tourney saved you. That, that was almost a zero from three. You got one from three. But
7: you know what? He could. They could have nearly gone one better. Again, back to the free
0: throws.
2: True. It, it's it's
0: relatively oh, simple, absolutely. mate. Absolutely, yeah. Mango. It's simple. Oh, that back, uh, the T bar. Honestly, what did you just say? The T, the um, <laughs> t- the T bar. Yeah, no, I said the T bar. The um, the back of the rim. Uh, what's it called? The um, there's the iron. No, there's a there's a name for it. Is it? Oh. Yeah, I, th- I don't know what you're talking I'm, about. I'm going to just drop off into silence now because I've uh, completely blanked and now, Chris, myself. did
7: you see Magic's face when, when he made that first free throw? Magic Johnson's face in the crowd.
0: Did I? I can't remember if I did.
2: What was oh, it?
7: When that one bounced up high, nearly hit the shot clock and then dropped down.
2: I feel like I would have watched oh, it, but...
7: it was it, it, That look was just like, <laughs> you got to be kidding me. <laughs> and then when he nearly replicated it on the second, it was like, oh my goodness. But yeah. We, anyway, we won't talk about that. I, I, that's a tick in the box.
2: Peter Hooly was uh, the next player I want to have a look at. Let's have a listen to your preseason prediction for Peter Hooley.
7: Number six is Peter Hawley from Albany. 20
2: points per game. Uh, below. How much below do you reckon?
8: Well, he averaged 15.5% last season, so I reckon he might add, add one or two to that.
2: What about 42, three-point percentage?
8: He shot the ball really well last season, so it's going to be tough to improve that, but I'm going to say just above.
2: 2.5, 30-plus-point games.
8: I reckon he can probably put up three or four during the season.
2: So, firstly, you got the 20-point uh, points per game correct you said below you said 16 he got 13.7 so not even uh, as good as as you said so that was a bit disappointing from peter there
7: <laughs> we've got to keep in mind but you're that got the right. guy missed eight games that's he true he came back that's to australia true. then had to work his back into the rotation was coming off the bench when he first came back and hey we all know what he did did to get the team absolutely? The that was
2: phenomenal. Actually, that was actually funny because I was watching it downstairs with my dad, and then I thought, you know, what? Well, I'm feeling a bit tired. I'll go up and just watch it upstairs, right? Because I think dad wanted to watch something else. So I decided to go upstairs, and with about three minutes to go, dad just came upstairs and just sat next to me. And I thought, <laughs> oh, all right. And obviously, the, uh, the he hit the shot, and it was all phenomenal. And apparently, dad, because I was watching it on a half hour delay dad had seen the results somewhere he saw a replay so he just decided to come up and just sit next to me and actually watch it so phenomenal moment for 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 peter and it 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 breaks your heart but it makes you just so much emotion would have been going on in 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 pete there but it was it was phenomenal
7: yeah look i relive that um today actually i was putting together the recap for the season and 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 my all australian teams uh for the past year and went went back and looked at the sports center highlights and and the interviews and all that and it was just an amazing time.
2: It was just that moment where he kind of didn't really want to be around everyone he kind of just left and wanted to be on his own and you just you just felt for him, but it was it was a good moment but uh, I I feel like he couldn't really enjoy it as much as he probably should have been able to.
7: Yeah, but it's it's just look for, for the sports fans. It was an amazing time, and it'll be one of those things we'll revisit again next year.
2: Absolutely. Uh, when we talk about his three point percentage, you said above forty two. He only hit thirty four, and the uh, two point five thirty points. 30-plus uh, point games that you said. He got zero, but again, it does come back to the fact that he did miss some game time and he was playing off the bench. He
7: missed some games. Whether he would have done that or not, I think we put that in the same box as Anthony Drimmick.
2: Exactly. So a bit of an asterisk there, but uh, one from three I'm, I'm giving you for that one. Next one is Sam Rowley, Peter Hooley's teammate. Let's have a listen to your preseason prediction for uh, Sam Rowley. Number seven, Sam Rowley, Peter Hooley's uh, teammate from Albany. 10.5 double-doubles throughout the season.
8: 10, that's a big number. Um, just under...
2: Twelve points per game.
8: I think he'll go over. Ah. He'll do 13 or 14 points a game. Eight rebounds per game. I'm going to say just over. And when I say just over, maybe 8.2. Uh right,
2: we'll start off with the double-doubles. We said 10.5. You said below, he got 9. You said that was a relatively high number, but in the end, he almost got there. So that was all right.
7: He had a fantastic season. I think he surpassed most people's expectations and all-conference first team as a result.
2: Well, his points per game, we put at 12. You said above 13.9. You actually said 13 or 14. So that's an extra tick for you. So well done for that one. You bang on uh, for Sam Riley's points per game. And the rebounds we had is eight. You said above, you said about 8.2. In the end, he didn't quite get there. 7.6 rebounds. Point six off, come on. Points give me,
0: that. give me some slack. That's, not that's even
2: pretty good. One. No, I'm not giving you a point, but I'm giving you a pat on the back. It's a consolation Is that an prize. official
0: Chris Tyler flag flyer's pat on the back? It is. Oh, I'll, I'll take he that. He can
2: redeem yep. that uh, at any stage after the show.
0: Well, do you get them very often? Uh, never. <laughs> he's never, he's never I
2: actually strictly made it for, uh, for I that. I actually
0: don't get Just pats like... on the back. I get slaps on the face, but that's all right. That's fair enough. Uh, ouch. Yeah.
2: So two from three for Sam Raleigh there. So well done. Let's move on to Nick Duncan and have a listen to your preseason prediction for Nick Duncan. Number eight, Nick Duncan, also out of Boise State. Anthony Drimmick's uh, teammate there. Ten points
8: per game. On the money, but just over.
2: From three, 41%. I, I reckon he's going to nudge 44. 2.5, three-pointers made per game.
8: This is going to be a hard one. He's, he's going to be somewhere thereabouts. Oh, he's going to hate me. Just under...
2: He's going to hate you. Firstly, the hatred paid off because it was 2.4. You said below 2.5. So uh, you just got there. Well done. You probably paid him to miss the last couple, did you?
7: No, because he actually got better. Um, (laughs) He was named all, all tournament first team. So he had a great ending to the season.
2: That was actually the only one he got right out of the three because uh, you said above ten point zero points per game. He ended up with nine point four points per game. Another relatively close one, but it was very close. he still got yes, it wrong. He got me. Okay. And the three point percentage, we said above. You said above forty one percent. You said he might notch up forty four percent.
7: Yeah, I, th- I thought he was primed for a big one. And whilst he was a bit slow to get underway, he finished exceptionally strong.
2: Thirty eight percent was uh, what he got to in the end. There, which is
7: still very respectable.
2: It's not bad at all, but it's not quite 44, is it?
7: It's not. <laughs> second last. I'm not arguing with
2: you. Second last player, so you only got one from three for Nick Duncan. Taylor Dyson, second last player want to have a look at. Let's have a listen. Number nine, Taylor Dyson out of Hartford. Ten points per game.
8: Uh, over. 12, I reckon. 12 or 13. 42.5. Three points made. The way he was shooting it here in Australia in the offseason, I'm calling it now. Over.
2: So I can't remember why we only did two there, but we only did two. 10 points per game. You said above 12 or 13. Ba-bong. Yes, that's not even close, mate. Uh,
7: he, 8.2. He certainly div- didn't live up to my own expectations. Look, in all reality, he probably didn't live up to his own, but you know, he'll be back next year.
2: And the 42.5 three-point is made. That is quite considerably above. He finished with 30 three po- uh, 63 points made. Terrific job by Taylor there from that point of view. So uh, you get a tick for that one from two. I'll take it. <laughs> you should take I'll it. I'll take it, don't worry. Considering the form for the rest of. Hey, uh, oh, yeah, yeah. hey,
7: I've had some good hits. You
2: better have a good showing for, for Dan Trist here. The last play we want to have a look at. Dan Trist, let's have a listen. Daniel Trist out of Lafayette. 30 minutes per game then? Up just below.
8: 14 points per game? Possible. I'll call it just above if he gets the near the 30 minute mark.
2: 6.0 rebounds per game.
8: I bloody hope so if he's going to get closer <laughs> to <laughs> the 30 minute mark. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, look, I think that's an area of a game he needs to improve on when acknowledge acknowledges defensively and he's rebounding.
2: You might have just bounced back there. I think. Three from three. Three from three. So we said 30 minutes per game. You said below. He finished with 27.
7: I said just below, and it was 27.
2: We said 14 points per game. You said above. He clearly got
3: above
7: that. He was the highest-scoring Aussie in college basketball last season.
2: 17.3 points per contest.
7: He just nudged out Vinky Joyce who had 16.7.
2: That's phenomenal. That's that's a lot better. You had that Dan Trist as number 10. We will see where he finished off very shortly. And to finish off, we had 6.0 rebounds per game. You said above 6.7. Bang on. 3 from 3 for Dan which makes your score at least somewhat respectable. That's a total <laughs> of 17 from 28 which is 60%. So that's what, a C?
7: Was that better than my mid-season result?
0: Actually, I can't remember. I didn't. That's a good point. Let's say yes. Let's say yes. So you're saying that we're better off with you behind the helm here now, mate. I, if... I would have thought so. Uh, yeah, you're probably right. But uh, <laughs> come on, you should <laughs> know mid season report card. That's all. All that matters. It's his show. Is the preseason He's the show, and he can't tell us. Pre-season is all that matters.
2: Mid season, we don't care about. It. No one cares about. It. We've seen a bit. We want. To, we want to know what you thought of before. So that's not too bad in the end. But let's let's have a listen to, to what your thoughts are on those players as a whole and, and who uh, jumped out as as a lot better than you were expecting and, and who actually fell out of favour with you quite considerably. Let's have a, an overall look at how the players went throughout the season.
7: Yeah, well, I think for me, the number one player this year, my player of the year was Dan Trist. Dan Which Trist we had on the show this year. Yeah. Um, yeah, we certainly just spoke about enough. his points per, uh, production per game. His rebounding was up. His shooting percentage—he was up up around nudging sixty percent from the field all year. Um, displaying his whole array of post moves, and he took Lafayette to the big dance, which they haven't done since two thousand. So, so from ten to one. From ten to one. Excellent. Okay, we're starting at ten.
2: No, as in He went from ten to one.
7: Oh, he did go from ten yeah. to one. Yeah, most certainly. Yeah. So. Uh, Ten position jumps in my rankings from the start of the season to the end. Fantastic achievement for the unanimous All-Patriot League first team member.
2: Excellent. So who's the next player you want to have a look at? Who's, who's, the, uh,
7: who's another one that might have uh, surprised you a little bit? Or who's one that might have uh, disappointed you? Uh, I, look, a, a surprise for me was, was Majok Deng. Majok Deng in the Sunbelt Conference with Louisiana Munro. He was a junior transfer, and for me, he was one of the best big men we had. Even though we had so many good forwards and and big men playing this year, he found a way to get into... Uh, my second team so he made my top 10 at, by the end of the season and we
2: can read uh, your your teams and, and, and everything in uh, at you at tomorrow as well
7: that's right tomorrow afternoon it will be up
2: or today by the time that we put up the podcast so today if yeah. you are listening to the podcast Tuesday whenever Tuesday you're listening to it if, afternoon, if you are to it on Thursday then it, it's, it's been up for two days make it on it
7: yeah and you'll be able to listen to all this through our website as well
2: perfect any other players that uh, really uh, pop out at you M- maybe some disappointments
7: Disappointments. Well, I I don't like to call them disappointments, but I guess they are. um, Yeah. (laughs) No, no, they're not disappointments at all. They've they've done our country proud. But in all reality, there's some people or players that were thought may have done a little bit better than what they did. Uh, Mango Mathiang is one. I really thought he'd. He still looks quite raw. Offensively, he looks raw. Defensively, he looks organised. He knows what he's doing. Um, offensively, definitely, he's not in the. They're not running plays for him. If he scores, it's off a broken play uh, and offensive rebound. So, I guess I thought he might do a little bit more and really entrench himself into the starting lineup. He did by the end of the season, but I think that was more by. Um, in, through injuries and, and player personnel needing to be moved around. So he's he's one, I think, that we can still expect a lot from, though. He's got a couple more years to go on a team that went to the Elite Eight.
2: Beautiful. So do you have the stats? That you, you said you have the, all the stats in front of you for all the Aussies. I do. Can we get a leader... Or maybe the, the top three in points and assists and rebounds and that sort of stuff. Let's just uh, get a, a bit of an overview on who dominated in each category the most. So maybe the top three of each.
7: Okay, so in points per game, we had Dan Triss with 17.3. Good. Closely followed by Venki Joyce, 16.7. And we had both of those guys on the show this year. And in third place was Jeremy Hill, the fifth-year senior from Texas San Antonio with 16 points a game.
2: Beautiful. So that's not too bad in the end. So the, the, the luck that they had, that uh, Drimic didn't have by coming on our show, uh, was was reflected there, I think. Oh, definitely. So yeah. what about rebounding per game?
7: So rebounding, we had Jeremy Hill, again, top three, 8.1 Good. boards per game, um, career best figures for him. We had uh, Venki Joyce coming in next with 7.7, and then right behind him, Sam Rowley, 7.6.
2: With Jeremy Hill did he you had him as as four on your uh, pre-season report is he around that mark a bit higher a bit less what do, what do you think how did, how did he go from where you expected him to go
7: For me he was top 3 Aussies this year Nice top 3 look for, for me Dan Trist was was number 1 and then probably Jeremy Hill followed by Venky Joyce Beautiful So and and look they're all forwards they're all big guys and they're all in my Australian first team
2: what about some of the gu- the guards? I was going to say guns there. Some of the guards. Let's have a look at the assists per game.
7: Yeah, let's look at the assists per game. And, you know, we spoke about Emmett Nahr. Emmett Nahr had a fantastic season as a freshman with St. Mary's. He led every Aussie uh, throughout the year with 3.9 dimes a game. Um, then we also had Hugh Greenwood with 3.3, 3, not too far behind him, taking a lead role. And, and that was um, you know, we could have expected potentially more if he wasn't looking to score. Mm. So 3.3 from him. And then, really, you could cast a blanket over over the majority of the um, other Australians. But um, let me have a look here. Who have we got? And then there's Ben Wilson at Idaho State. Right. The Bengal, the senior.
2: So St. Mary's didn't really have as good of a season as they were probably expecting. One of their worst seasons for quite a while. But... The silver lining, I think, was Emmett Nair's performance. I think he played quite well and a lot better than I personally was expecting of him. Did he did he exceed your expectations?
7: I didn't think he'd start. He yeah. started the season starting. Uh, when they got uh, player personnel back from injury, he moved over and it was effectively their sixth man all season. Mm. So as a sixth man, for half the season, he was you know, ranked in the top 20 in the nation for assists per game. It now, that good. fell off, but as that fell off, his scoring increased. Mm. So he d- he'd had a fantastic season and one that... Um, he can look to build on next year.
2: So who would be the player that you're most looking forward to watching next year?
7: I think there's a couple. I think Venky Joyce is going to be primed for a big year and it'd be really interesting to see what Anthony Drimmick does coming Mm. back because if Anthony Drimmick can live up to his potential, there's no reason why he can't be the best Aussie and why he can't win a host of awards.
0: How long has uh, Drimic been back into training? Good question. I'm actually not sure.
2: You know, if he gets drafted, then I'm going to push up your score uh, to 18 from 29, and I think that might go up a couple of percent. So fingers crossed for you, for your sake, that he does get drafted, because you've got a lot on line.
7: Yeah, the only problem with get, with that is he's going to he be coming in as a fifth year. Now, fifth year seems to be older. older.
0: So That's that one will play year. Against, against, how much difference does it make?
7: But that will play against him. It's played against people before.
0: That's such a narrow-minded way to evaluate people. I'm sorry. That's but, how they do. Yeah. But
7: they'll probably be going, well, we won't draft him, but... He can come to camp, he can do his best, and he can earn a spot on the roster. He'll be Joe
2: Ingles, just a mature age.
7: Is, is it really that? It's like, Matthew Delavadova. Yeah. Sure.
0: It doesn't matter these days if you get drafted, not really, does it? In terms of being able to sign. Really?
7: You want to be drafted in the first round. You want to be drafted the first round because you get... Guaranteed. You get yeah, but guaranteed, th- that's the only guaranteed. benefit Second of being drafted. they can hold your rights, stash you overseas, and really, you, ha- you can only play for one team unless they trade your rights. Yeah,
2: How long the right? It's probably week? better to go undrafted than to go a second round pick a lot of times, isn't it?
7: In a, in a lot of circumstances, you don't want to go late second
0: round. Hmm. Yeah. There you go. I'm learning every day.
2: <laughs> that just about finishes off the show for us this afternoon because we have run completely out of time. I don't even know if I can finish off this uh, introduction. But uh, Damien, thank you so much for joining us once again. It's been a pleasure and I'm sure we'll get you on throughout the uh, college basketball off-season. There's only like however many months to go. What is it? Like six, seven months to go. So I'm going to be counting down the days.
7: We can find plenty of things to talk about between now and then and maybe we can get a few more guys on the show. Sounds pretty. girls.
2: Thank you, mate. We'll speak to you soon. Cheers. That wraps us up for the uh, Flag Flies uh, today from Chris and Lockie Millie. You can find us on Facebook at facebook.com forward slash the Flag Flies as well on Twitter at the Flag Flies. Until next week, we'll catch you soon, Lockie. Bye, everyone.